Welcome to God Pods, Faith Conversations from Boston College's Church in the 21st Century Center. Welcome to God Pods. I'm Patrick Gonsalves, Assistant Director for the Church in the 21st Century Center at Boston College. In this series, we are speaking with young Catholic innovators who are taking up the mission of revitalizing the Church. These 20- and 30-something men and women have identified challenges that the Church is facing and have devised creative, forward-thinking solutions that are bringing vitality and energy to the faith. At a time when many young people are questioning their commitment to the institutional religion, these young folks are working hard to ensure that the Church is stronger than ever for future generations. Our guests today are twin brothers Marcelino and Anthony D'Ambrosio. Both brothers come from a youth ministry background, but after seeing the need for creative revival in the church, they founded Sherwood Fellows, a creative agency dedicated to Catholic renewal and Catholic creatives, a movement of Catholic designers, filmmakers, photographers, creative thinkers, artists, entrepreneurs, and others working to bring the gospel to the world in fresh and beautiful ways. Without further ado, Marcelino and Anthony, welcome to God Pods. It is so good to be on God Pods. Yeah, guys. really good. Really good to be here. Uh, <laughs> well, we're happy I'm, to I'm have also you. excited. I'm excited to see how how your listeners are able to distinguish between two identical twins <laughs> on uh, on a podcast. So that'll be a fun that'll be a fun experiment. Yeah, we actually we do have our own podcast, and uh, one of the things that we realize that we've been doing, Anthony and I, have been switching off uh, interviewing guests, and we never actually said which one of us was doing the interview at the beginning. So everybody in the community has been like doing the guesswork at the end, you know? <laughs> Which twin is it? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, last at our last regional in Detroit, uh, Anthony was not going to be able to make it for a couple of different reasons. And so I just took his passport. I don't know if you want to be divulging this. <laughs> this is like your little secret. Car in the back pocket. <laughs> Listen, we're so grateful to have you guys on. Um, why don't we get started? Why don't you tell us a little bit about Catholic Creatives and uh, what was the inspiration for it? Yeah, so uh, back in 2014, uh, in the yesteryears, Anthony and I were uh, we were youth ministers. We were doing uh, just doing work within the parish. Uh, yeah, within parishes and. We kind of had stopped going to a lot of the young adult events in Dallas. Mm -hmm. They were just a little stuffy at the time. You know, there's always like a theological talk and then like in a not too cool room, everybody's wearing like a kind of lame name tag and milling around awkwardly. And so, uh, but like what the young adults really wanted at the time, I think like our friends, we would just go out to the bar after and then like the conversation would always end up on some sort of like, you know, complaining about the terrible music at mass or, uh, you know, just something along those lines. So I think one thing that the church tends to miss is that if you're, if you're above the age of like 23 and you're still Catholic, like you are in, you are like ready to go. Uh, you're, you're looking for a way to have an impact. And I think that like just the hunger for people to have an impact and you, that like there, there's just so much of that, but not enough of a, a channel yeah, there's not exactly. not a lot of places where it's like hey you do have something to offer like let's let's tackle this stuff together so we put on this uh put on a meetup just to kind of test the waters we're like hey let's get all of our friends 
who are kind of in this category. They're like doing professional work in marketing or um, in entrepreneurship. Maybe they're listening to like the Tim Ferriss podcast or like just in the kind of cool like startup community. Um, we're just like, hey, let's get together with like all of our ministry friends and uh, everybody bring an ugly church bulletin and uh, a six pack and we're going to knock this out. We're going to do a design sprint on this thing. And uh, it was a pretty exciting experience. Uh, we had a like UX design expert come in and lead us through like a brainstorming exercise and um, just had some really cool conversations about like um, creativity in the church and people drove from all over the US for it. So without really intending to, we just like meant to start like, you know, see if people might want to do something like this. And all of a sudden we had an organization on our hands. So that's our that's our origin story. I think creating a channel for young Catholics, I can't honestly think of a better impetus for Catholic creatives. Who is a creative and why does the church need more of them? Well, that's a uh, that's a really good question. I think that it also uh, talking about our name is is a good place to to launch that in that like we when we started the group, it was a bit of a haphazard thing. Uh, like launched a Facebook group and and launched this bulletin event at the same time and I just threw that name up, you know, and it turned into uh, an organization and we were stuck with it. But one of the misnomers of the name uh, that I, I that puts us into a, in a into a good tension is what does it mean to be a creative? Because the that word has some baggage, right? In in the way that people talk about it now, it's as a noun. It's like okay, this is a person who has a career in film or music or whatever, and and those people are absolutely a part of the foundation of Catholic creatives and a part of the group. Um, but a lot of people think about it like that's an artist, you know, an artist uh, or whatever, and um, it's a really great way to exclude yourself from having to have a voice or to think creatively uh, and to, to take an out um, so that you don't have to expose ideas or uh, yourself to a group of people who might judge you for not having the right uh, skinny jeans or whatever, right? So um, the, the thing that we're really, we really believe is that it's actually a part of every single Catholic's heritage and actually every human being's heritage to be created, uh, creative, that uh, God is created us in his image and likeness. That's what he did. That's who he is. He's a creator. And for us to be in his image means that we are uh, to be creatives in this world and to partner with him to co-create uh, the kingdom of God in this world together. So uh, we are trying to create a culture in the church that reclaims that uh, heritage of creativity for all of us, not just for a, a group of elite creatives who um, are really popular and, and um, can wax poetic on uh, typefaces for a long time, you know, so, um, which my brother will, will do uh, if you let him, so don't bring I, it up. <laughs> I love to spend my time reformatting Google Docs. <laughs> What would it look like if the church really valued creativity and innovation? How would that impact the world? I think that like this is, it's interesting because we have a blueprint for what it actually would look like if the church 
valued creativity and innovation because it's happened before. The entire high middle ages and uh, early renaissance, you can see how the church led the world in art and innovation and creativity. And I think this also goes back to what Anthony was saying about like the inheritance of the church being creative thinking in all areas. Because at the time, like the church created the first, uh, the first university system, um, the first hospital system, the uh, like all of the advances in science and economics that we uh, we know today started within the Catholic Church, and it came out of a Catholic worldview, a Catholic imagination, um, and also like a, a cross pollinization that happened with you know like the um, the artists the the patrons of, of the arts, the church, the scientists, like they were all hanging out together. There wasn't a whole lot of, you know, like divisions between all of these different, um, different people. They were reading each other's works. They were going to the same events. They were creating together. Um, they were um, just a part of the same culture and community. So I think that like if that, that if the church wants to really be who she's called to be in the world, um, she should be a place of innovation. She should be known outside of the church for um, for the inspiration that she gives the world. And so I, I really believe that, um, that that is what the Holy Spirit is calling the church to right now. And we so we use the term the, the new renaissance as kind of our banner wave for what what we see coming down the pipe, what we see like the future of the church looking like. And I don't think that it's really that far off. You know, when we look at what's kind of coming out of our community even now with just the, the last few years of connections that we've made between people, um, the projects and the in innovative um, businesses that are coming out of it, um, the art that's coming out of it, it's just, it's a really incredible thing. Um, I, I think to, to hop off of that, the the worldview that we have is that um, everything that, that is in in our tradition, in the Catholic worldview, it, it actually should give us a an advantage if we're right, right? Like if, if the church is right about all of what it claims to be true, then the fact is we should have an advantage on the rest of the world in what we produce, both in terms of our art, but also in terms of our business and in terms of the way that we approach education, because if we have the right anthropology, then we can speak to the human heart better, right? Um, and that that might sound a little bit like um, chest-beating Catholicism, and it, it's it's really not. Like, I think that the the truth is that a, a new renaissance is possible because there has always been renaissance happening, and uh, what's what's keeping us from that? What's keeping us holding us back from the the true innovation that uh, and beauty and and movement of of uh, like world shifting ideas coming out of out of our midst? What's keeping us from that is really a is division. It's the fact that we're separated, that we don't know each other, that we're arguing with each other about politics and theology rather than working together, coming across the aisle to work on things that we agree about. Um, we are famously, famously horrible for infighting.
right now. And uh, what we tried to do with Catholic Creatives is to, to pull all these people together in the same room to work on something together rather than to talk about something abstract, right? And there's unity that comes from that. A big part of Catholic Creatives is an annual summit. What takes place there and, and who attends? One of our principles is community first. Um, we really believe that uh, that community is the answer to um, to creating a new renaissance, first and foremost. Like you have to be in a, in a place where you're connected to other creative talent, where you have a, um, the ability to find mentorship and patronage if you're a young artist, um, and where your ideas are getting honed by each other. I think that like, if you look at people that have been amazingly successful in their lives and you go back and try and trace their, um, their success stories, you almost always find in their past a group of friends that was creating together. Um, you know, like almost all of the, the Silicon Valley success stories of, of the current time, you look at Facebook, you look at Apple, um, Walt Disney. I mean, he's not, not in that same category, but, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, all of these people like they're and, and organizations, if you go back to their, to the beginning and look at the, the path, there's always a group of people, whether it's brothers or, um, family members or, uh, or friends that have really honed each other's talents and skills that, um, kind of like we're fighting for each other's dreams in some way. And so what we see happening in the Catholic Church um, is the biggest obstacle to Renaissance really, it's it's division. It's like all the creatives being, you know, in one place, all of the business people being in another, um, people in ministry being in another silo, nobody's talking to each other, nobody's inspired by each other. Um, there's a lot of loneliness and a lot of uncertainty. So uh, as to like, you know, what what can be accomplished on our own? So when we did that that bulletin meetup, we, we have maybe 20 people in the room, 30 people in the room. It was, some, it was really small. Um, but the friendships that came out of that led to people changing jobs. It led to people... Um, you know, collaborating on ministry projects together. Like there were a couple of youth ministers that came that then put on retreats with each other's churches, which is a small thing, but um, the power that comes from numbers and from relationship is really hard to estimate and quantify. And so what happens at the summit is we bring together about like 300 um, innovative uh, creatives that are doing really interesting things across the board in the church. Um, a lot of them have been connected to the community since the beginning. So there's this continuity of relationship that's happening, but always, you know, like a significant number of new people as well that are coming into the fold. And um, we, we see coming out of the last summit, uh, just one, one example of something that happened. There was a, on Sunday morning, we had mass it was like this beautiful mess and a brunch, and then you know, like everybody was kind of leaving. But um, there were several people whose planes didn't didn't leave until later in the evening, and so they sat down at a at, at a table for like three hours and played this board game 
uh, called Brand Standing that one of the members of the community, Tony Vicinda, uh, had put put together and created. And those at, out, out of the people at that table, two of them ended up being entrepreneurs that both went on a walk later that afternoon, decided that they wanted to contribute and funded the project. And so then they went into business together. And these were people that would have never met otherwise. Um, and so I, I think that like those are the kinds of things that happen. But how do we how do we create an environment for that? Um, it's it's actually not so much just about like getting people into a room and having them exchange business cards. Like we're really after getting people into family type relationships really quickly. So um, when people show up, it's always like. There's always food, there's always drinks, there's always like things out on the lawn. Like we had a, a croquet game set up. Um, there was, you know, there, there are all these like little Easter eggs that were happening throughout the event. Like um, there was a, a, a red phone that was just hanging out on a piano. And uh, people could just go up and like pick the phone up. Uh, there was a little like plaque that said, call me. Um, and people would pick it up and it would just be like somebody on the other side would answer it and they'd say like, what flavor? And then uh, it, you would answer the question and somebody would come out in a top hat and uh, a tux holding a silver platter with popsicles on it. And it's like, you know, just like super ridiculous stuff like that would be happening. But yeah. then like we would have these really profound liturgies as well where you know, people would get up and do spoken word poetry or a cellist would play like a, a piece that they had created or, um, you know, we had um, a, a, like several girls who were dancers that did a piece, a, a dance piece before adoration. So it's like just this like very full, complete whole person experience that puts people into relationships that are really intimate and profound um, really think- quickly. I think that's fantastic. I think just providing that platform for people to meet each other and and have it be disarming and fun and yet productive, I just have to say that I'd I'd like to attend one. <laughs> We'd love to have you. I'd love to be there. I think this is this is perfect for anybody and everybody who has that creative energy and wants to meet new people. In terms of accessibility and finding one of these events or the annual summit, how does that differ from regional gatherings? Yeah, so the summit is invite only uh, because we are a, a new, a new fledgling uh, team. We're not able to provide that kind of really intimate and scaled, uh, high touch experience for a lot of people. So um, that has to be a little bit exclusive and. Uh, but we want the whole church in the U.S. to have an experience or have access to the same kind of experience that we've been building uh, within the summit. So we uh, we partnered with our Sunday visitor to um, put on these regional events, which are uh, half-day events that are basically a little bit a little package of the summit experience um, in ten different cities across the U.S. And for people who want to find out how to attend one of these that's all listed on the Catholic Creatives website. Yeah, if you go to catholiccreatives.com slash events, you will find uh, 
Well, our Catholic Creatives events and our regionals, and you can just go and take a look at that. And if you want to, you can go ahead and just start putting on Catholic Creatives events as well. We have um, we have accessibility for dinners and meetups that community members can put on. And so go ahead and check that out. That is awesome. So on the Catholics Creatives website, which is beautifully designed, I might add, the five Thanks. pillars. Walk us through yeah. that. Our, our pillars are really, um, in a way, kind of the banner wave of the community. Like these are the the declarations of belief that bind us together and make us uh, make us a culture. It's what we what we all stand for. When we um, say these things, like everyone in the community can get behind these, even if we are divided on politics or divided on like artistic taste. These are the things that that make us who we are. So the first is we're made to create. And I think Anthony spoke to that a little bit earlier. It's, you know, the first five words of scripture are in the beginning, God created. So we're all meant to be um, creators. That's a part of our identity. Um, Second belief is community first. So like we always, uh, we always put community before anything else. We're not here to like necessarily provide like every service that creatives need. We're just going to like build the community and believe that the ecosystem um, will surface from that, from like making relationships primary. Um, when I was doing youth ministry and working in a parish, I saw that every conversation started or ended with, we can't do that because X. And when I was working in the startup world, where I, that's where I learned the marketing trade, uh, that was absolutely the opposite. Every single person, no matter what, the, what, what the, the dream was, people thought, we can do this and we can probably get rich with it, you know? And you, know, you, might, you might give uh, Silicon Valley and a lot of other, that, that sort of world, a hard time for, uh, for wanting to get rich, but there's also just this sense of abundance where those people think we can do huge things for the world and we can make money doing it, you know, and everybody wins and it's going to be great. And I think that if we start to approach the world like that as Catholics, where we believe that we have a huge God who has a lot of money at his disposal, um, you know, that we'll be able to uh, stop fighting with each other about everything and be much more productive um, and be able to have much deeper relationships with both each other and the world. Anthony, you mentioned about collaborative works that you're working on. We're aware of um, one amazing film series called Eight Beats, which brings the Beatitudes to life. Tell us more about that project. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a classic example of that third pillar, uh, that there's more than enough, and that we have this community of people who, uh, if, if we were, were to look at ourselves in a particular way with the scarcity mindset, we would all just look at each other as competitors. You know, you're, you're a filmmaker, I'm a filmmaker, we're doing the same thing. Uh, hopefully, I'm better than you, so I get, you know, whatever. Um, but there's, there's a temptation to be threatened by each other. Uh, and we were like, how do we turn that on its head and say, like, what could we do that's bigger? What accesses, what access to resources could we get if we all just decided to work together instead of, you know, competing with each other? And uh, we came up with Eight Beats, which is a, a film anthology that uh, brings the Beatitudes to life uh, in 
in a really beautiful, the highest possible level or quality of filmmaking and production that uh, that we can muster to be in dialogue with the film industry and with uh, people who are going to film festivals. So we wanted to put all of these, and we wanted to make eight short films. Each one is a um, each one is a story that sort of encapsulates in microcosm one of the beatitudes, uh, and that uh, in itself could make a huge run for it within the secular world at a film festival. Um, and we're we're done with uh, eight, almost almost eight of them. We're all, seven are already out and uh, going through the film festival circuit, and they've won many awards already. So uh, really excited about it. I'm excited to view them as well. What would you say to young people who are interested in the arts, and who should they look for inspiration? One thing that I would say is find community and get in, get in relationship with other with other artists and other people that um, think differently that um, that are working with you. I think a lot of times, like we want to try and find a person who's like really far ahead of us to like kind of pull us pull us up, and though that is really important, I think that um, like finding other people that are at the same level and just starting to like share your work with each other uh, and learn how to take criticism, um, practice starting to like brainstorm ideas with each other. I think that's, that's a really good place to start. And like, I mean, Catholic creatives really, that's what its foundation is. Not most of the people that are in Catholic creatives are not like people that are, you know, already rich and famous doing what they're doing. They're, you know, just friends uh, that are for the last few years have been pounding the pavement trying to figure it out. So that would be my my word. Anthony, do you have anything to add to that? Or I, I would say this. I think that we can get really caught up on like Catholic. Who's a Catholic hero? Um, and I, I think while that's really good to have, uh, to have our Catholic heroes, especially if those Catholic heroes are also people who, um, have made a big impact in the world, like you say, Flannery O'Connor, uh, would be a good example of that. I, I do think that it's really important for us to be in dialogue with the world. And, uh, what that means is if you're in, if you're in film and you really want to be, uh, a director, then you should be watching the Vimeo staff picks and uh, you should be looking at uh, the people who who are making really amazing work that you want to, you, you should be like researching them. And, and I, for me, I just uh, went and watched every film that Terrence Malick uh, has participated in in order because I really wanted to study him, you know? So I make it a study of uh, of the people that I want to be like. And, uh, I think pick your heroes, not just based on whether or not they are good Catholics, but you know, if they've, if they've been successful in the world and, and made an impact there too. So, uh, look, look to, to the world and to your own, you know, culture. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Where do you guys see Catholic creatives in five years or 10 years? What's the long-term vision? <laughs> uh, definitely on Mars, yeah. I would say. Yeah. A Catholic <laughs> cultural center on Mars. That's no, but <laughs> well, with exactly. Elon working yeah. in the background, you We're... never know that could happen. Partnership with Tesla, um, and, and so you know, I I would say that um, 
right now, so we started as an online community, but the truth is that uh, we're human beings that are enfleshed and the most real experiences of community are not on technology, but they're in person. And uh, we really see these regionals as like our first step towards creating outposts all across the U.S. that are local communities where uh, potentially 10 years from now we would see cultural centers that are co-working spaces, co-living spaces where uh, there's real communities that are operating together in business that are um, that are families and friends of families, you know, with with their kids playing together, you know, like that kind of integration of life um, where events are happening, where artists are coming from uh, all across the world, not just uh, Catholic artists, but artists would want to come to a, put on a concert there because it's it's that cool, you know, um, and it's that excellent. I think that that's the uh, that's where I would like to see us going is having cultural centers and communities, local communities all across the U.S. that are uh, little mini Catholic Silicon Valleys slash uh, Benedict, op- Benedict options um, where innovation, prayer, life, family is all happening, um, intermingling. So for any of you guys out there that do have ideas, want to want to like uh, make an impact on the church, on the world, uh, the OSV Innovation Challenge is for it's for you. Uh, basically what it is, is a talent search for ideas and innovators across the church that have something to contribute. And so uh, OSV is partnering with Catholic Creatives to put up um, $100,000 for three different ideas and innovators to, to fund. Um, so the uh, website for that is osvchallenge.com. And you can just go in there. It'll take you like half an hour to an hour to apply. It's super easy. And uh, yeah, we'd love to just get, give that access to you. So rock and roll. Um, just want to say thank you guys for, for carving out some time. I know you guys are very busy with all different types of initiatives and, and gatherings. We just want to say thank you for bringing people of all different kinds of disciplines together. And we're grateful for all the innovative work that you do, not just for the community, but also for the faith. Um, and we wish you continued success in all your future endeavors. It's been such an honor to be on the podcast. We really, really have enjoyed talking with you. And yeah, hopefully we'll get to see each other at an event sometime soon. Catholic World's pretty small, so. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you, Anthony. Right. Thank you, Marcelino. For more Catholic faith resources, follow us at bc.edu backslash c21 or via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.